Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we give our takes on all things TV. I was recently <laughs> let know that I've been saying that wrong. I was so proud of you just now. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Good morning. Good morning. Do I sound like I just woke up? Uh, you don't, but I definitely feel self-conscious that I do. Do I? No, I think you sound normal. Okay, well then no one would have known had we not just said that. <laughs> We're really morning people. Um, today, yet another of our Veronica Mars Watch for the First Time slash Rewatch podcast. We are nearing the end, folks. We are at we are on episodes 17 and 18. Um, we're going to do 17 first and 18 in a separate podcast. So I said them together, but go listen to the next one if you've watched them two at a time, because I know we've been doing that lately. Um, but yeah, let's start with 17, which is called Cain and Abel's, uh, very, I didn't realize that when I was watching it. I, I had only looked at the name just like about three seconds ago. Uh, and wow, they're really leaning into some biblical stuff. Uh, the quick blurb, Veronica pursues a risky lead and Logan finds Veronica's files of everyone connected to Lily's death. Plus a senior student hires Veronica to find her tormentor during exam week. That is the like high level gist of this episode. It was directed by Nick Mark and written by Carolyn Murray. And the original air date was April 5th, 2005. So that's that. Do you have any, uh, I want to hear now that we're getting close to the end, Jess, I want to hear like if you had any major thoughts that you've been waiting to air until we started recording. I like that these episodes have more of the murder stuff in them. Mm -hmm. I, ho I hope that that wraps up at the end of season one. But I feel like it won't because the show is many seasons long. Mm -hmm. I can't figure out if it's going to be like each season has a different arc. So like maybe it will wrap up at the end of this season. And then there's like a new dramatic event for next season. I don't know. And I haven't heard from you or anyone else that's seen this show anything to indicate one way or the other. So I am hoping that I know who killed Lily by the end of the season, but I'm not holding out too much hope. And this episode was fine. I have more to say about the next episode, but I do have That's thoughts fair. about this one that I'm I'm excited to say. I had a lot of like WTF moments in this episode and the next. So yeah, let's get yeah. into it. Let's just start at the very beginning then. Let's start with whatever your first note is. Okay. My first note is if Clarence Wiedemann showed up at my dorm room, mm. I'm a child. There's mm -hmm. a scary grown man in my door. Absolutely not. Am I giving him any information, let alone mm -hmm. the whereabouts of my roommate? Mm -mm. And then he asks, describe the friend she went off with. And she just does. Oh, a little cute blonde girl. I'm sorry. You don't know this man. Stranger danger. At the very least, you should have learned even, that. Yeah. He doesn't even show like if, maybe if he'd shown like an FBI badge or something, like any sort of identification. He say who he is, who he's mm -mm. pretending to be. He just shows up and starts asking questions. And she's like, yeah, she went five minutes ago with this girl to this place. Not a chance. I mean, <laughs> even if you didn't learn like that, I don't know. I feel like I grew up reading, grew up when I was a little older, at least was reading like true crime and stuff. And, you know, so I'm paranoid a lot, but even if I was as a I woman feel like, in the world, yeah. Like you yes. think even if you don't read that stuff, you still know, like have your guard up a little bit. But at the very least, you learn, like, don't talk to strangers. Like, everyone learns that one, even yeah. boys. So that was weird. I wish they'd at least had him, like, 
yeah, say like I'm a cop or something. Right. Yeah. Because I was like, why on earth would she give this information? That did not make any sense. And then, yeah, I don't know. Like they don't really come that, back to that, I guess. That makes me appreciate that people do give Veronica information, but that's all. And her dad. But that's because she like takes special pains to pretend to be someone that they would not think twice about. Like she is a young girl for like for um this instance, the roommate and Amelia. Yeah, her she came in a little hot too, but she's also like a young girl and not someone threatening. So you're more likely to like listen to her. And then when she's not, she's always like changing her voice and like doing it over the phone. So people don't aren't weirded out about giving her information. And this was just like a barging in being a stranger. I agree. I thought about that with Veronica too, though, because even if a girl that looked sort of my age showed up and started saying stuff and was like, you have to come with me, you're in danger. I think I'd still be like, I've never seen you before. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to stay where I am. And mm. I guess she did. She, she was like, you're in danger. Like if you stay where you are, like bad things will happen. Like I kind of got why she went with Veronica. But then they do all this work to make me believe like, okay, she trusts Veronica. And then at the end, when Clarence is like, don't trust Veronica, trust me. She trusts the big <laughs> scary man. I just feel like if I'm that, if I'm trusting enough to trust Veronica, hopefully I understand the difference between like trusting the girl my age and trusting a scary looking man. Yeah. I like he looks to- so intimidating. He doesn't even try to I look know. friendly. They tried to cover it by sort of slipping in. Like we didn't see that interaction at all, but they, tr- I think they tried to make it seem like he had all the evidence against her. And so it was hard for her not to believe him, but I, but still, I agree with you. I think it's, it was a little abrupt. Do we know why he wants the daughter? Why does Clarence want the daughter? He just he wanted her to sign the-, the thing. No, but like, what was the, I can't remember what the point was of that. They were close to having evidence to put together to to bring possibly to court or I don't know I don't really know exactly how legal things work but the um proof of the like that he dropped the suit against the canes so he wasn't still angry about like there were a bunch of things that she that the daughter was bringing that were going to be more proof that Abel Coons didn't really have motive to kill Lily and then at the same time was dying and like was easily paid off and all of the money was going to his daughter. So they had, they had stuff that they were sort of wrapping together and could have brought to reopen the case and say like, Hey, you don't have a Lee Kane's killer. But then Clarence Weedman sort of buried that evidence by getting it from her first. I see. So it was just about those papers. Yeah. But then he also made sure that Amelia signed the rest of the settlement and like disappeared. So that was where I was like, I don't get that. But I guess it is just so that Veronica can't like go back and use her. We can take a quick break here and give you possibly a message from us, Spotify (laughs) and us recorded by us. Okay. Now that we're back, let's talk about the case of the week. I'm sure you have thoughts. So this is the valedictorian situation. The valedictorian situation where the Kane family has opted to, in honor of Lily, give a scholarship to the person, to the valedictorian, the person um, who ranks number one in the class, full ride to the college of their choice. And it happens to be quite close between these two people. One who is a wealthy woman who seems to be being terrorized uh, before all of her exams and her papers, and the other a lower income 
uh, son of an immigrant who like has to work three jobs and study on top of that. That's the setup. I want you to know that I did try this time to figure it out. I never do. Oh, okay. But I thought to myself, okay, we're about halfway through and I haven't thought about it yet. And since we just talked about how I never think about it, I'm going to think about it. And I wasn't right. <laughs> I'm still proud of that. I did not the... get it right. <laughs> I even wrote too. it down. I was like, I'm going to write down what I think it is so I can Ooh. prove if I was correct what it was. I would like to yeah. know, please. I think as I was writing it down, I knew it wasn't going to be right. But I at least I'm I'm flexing the muscle. I'm working mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so the background, I don't know if people listen to these without watching the episodes, but the background is, but beyond what you just said, it's like Sabrina is being like attacked, not attacked, but like targeted with like things going wrong in her life that are, yeah, that are making it difficult for her to study. So clearly somebody was intervening. She thought it was her ex-boyfriend. Veronica put a tracker on his car and determined that it wasn't the ex-boyfriend. Also illegal i think right you can't just put a tracker on somebody's car and yet it happens all the time the air tag debacles you know oh yeah in 2023 it's air tags and yeah. back then who knows what it was she has like spy equipment i guess yeah i have no idea we're supposed to just <laughs> yeah. be like yeah that's a totally normal thing to have <laughs> mm -hmm. but just the crossing the legal boundaries that her and her dad do just like still confuses me like is is private investigation a legal business like it's a legal business, but if you do all that, it's not right. Like they could be sued. Yeah. I mean, they do, they, they make a, a point to talk about things like entrapment and they're like, well, this won't work. Like I can't give you that because that won't hold up in court. But I think if you're just a person who wants to know and they don't want to take anyone to court, they just like want to have the knowledge, then there's a little bit more gray because remember that woman comes to Keith and is like, I just want you to like set up my husband and take pictures of him like in flagrante so that I can divorce him and get the settlement. I know he's cheating. I just need proof. And he's like, I can't like set him up. Right. That, that wouldn't would be... work in divorce court. Right. So the point is it probably like is illegal and they could be sued, but they know like they won't be sued. They know like boundaries. in this case, like yeah. that ex-boyfriend, even if he found the tracker was like not going to be like, oh, it was definitely Veronica and now I'm suing her. Yeah. Or she just like really thinks she can get away with anything, which is more the vibe than I'm getting from her. Yeah. Regardless, she thinks it's the ex-boyfriend at first. Sabrina thinks it is. Veronica determines that it's not. So my question that I was trying to, that I was trying to investigate, trying to predict was who's disrupting Sabrina's life. So my guess that I knew was bad, don't laugh at me. I was like, it's obviously not the ex-boyfriend. It's definitely not this was the time I was guessing was it was also not the number two and that mm. was going to be too obvious like the number mm -hmm. two guy disrupting the life of the number one girl so that he can be valedictorian I was like oh yeah that makes sense and then I was like no too obvious so then my guess was that it was Sabrina's parents and it turns out I was like kind of close because it was the guy's parents and not Sabrina's parents but at least the parent part was right. I'm giving myself like 25% credit. Yeah. What made, what was your reasoning for the parents? Did you like give them a backstory? Yeah, I gave them a backstory. <laughs> they had like no, they like were not even in this episode. I think like her mom just, like, quizzing her is like cards. studying with her at one yeah. point and that's like it. And I invented this whole backstory where like her parents didn't want her to go to whatever college she was trying to go to. And so like, but if she got the scholarship, she'd be able to go anywhere. But I was like, it doesn't really work because- they're telling us that she's rich enough that she could go anywhere. 
So my theory was like, her parents are disrupting it so that she doesn't get the scholarship so that she doesn't go to the college she wants to go to because they don't want her to go to that college. So instead they're going to be like, well, since we're paying for it, you have to go to the school that we tell you, you can go to. Oh, interesting. And I, yeah, I invented that whole backstory. And as I was writing it down, I was like, I just feel like we would have gotten some of this before the like 75% mark of the episode. Like they would have, it would have had to be like a clue, a single clue, any clues. And I kind of knew that was wrong, but I liked that I guessed a parent. I liked that I sort of, I'm going to give myself, like I said, 25% credit. How did you feel about the true uh, wrap up of that case of the week? The fact that it was, like you just said, it was um, Cho's father. Was his name Cho or was that his last name? I think that was his last name. I was I not remembering calling either. It Cho's Pizza. Harrison I Cho. I, I think Asked his name's Harrison. Yes. Um, that it was his father and that. Essentially, they do, like don't win in the end. Also, the fact that he's like, "I'll just have to do the same thing at UCLA," and I'm like, "That's still such a good school." At I least know. he's like doesn't have to shoot super low. But yeah, I think I liked that it brought in the party down guy because I wasn't really sure how he connected, and I didn't really think about the fact that he needed to connect. So the fact that Harrison's dad had hired. Vince, I think, is the other private detective's name or private yeah, investigator. Vinny Low. And I'm going to branch off for a second in a side note. The Party Down guy had not been in it before, right? This was his first episode. I think previously in a podcast episode we were recording, you said, oh, there's a lot of Party Down people in this. And I remember being like, is there? I think that we've seen like two. And I think you were like, oh, isn't there this guy? And I was like, I don't think so. And I think, I think it's because this is the first time we've seen him and I hadn't seen him yet. I, he does, he reappears throughout. I feel like I had, it's possible that I did that. Yes. Like you thought that he was already in it, but I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, well, he's so fun. He's so funny. I don't know why he's not in more. I feel like he's often like a secondary character. Ken Marino, that's his, I keep calling him party down guy. (laughs) And he's, he's great. So I was happy that he was in it. And then that was as far as my brain got. I was like, oh, look at him. And then I forgot that he would have to connect. So mm-hmm. when I was coming up with my prediction, I really wasn't counting him. But it makes sense that Harrison's dad hired him. I think it's a very like ugh, like a fancy school kid, parent of kid thing to do. I was yeah. like not surprise like it made sense this is one of the cases of the weeks that I actually was like yeah this like I could see this someone doing out. this but I liked that Harrison in the end was like no you can have it mm-hmm. like I, because it really wasn't his like I, I think Sabrina would have earned it and I liked that Harrison was a good guy and did what was right yeah and he was like drop the charges on my dad that's all I really care about yeah yeah me too it was kind of sad though because I also was seeing it from the perspective of like yeah, they don't have money to go to his dream school. He got but it would have been different if he earned it. If he was actually number one and there was like some other reason he couldn't have the money. Like, hmm. I don't know. That Maybe that's the the competitive nature of me, but Sabrina earned in, it. Yeah, in like a movie or an episode where they were the main characters, like where the, the show is all about them, maybe they would have in the end like had a week to recoup and then like do re like oral tests or something to really determine who was number one but because this isn't about them i run off <laughs> yeah exactly Perhaps. uh but yeah. maybe in a tv show or movie where it's the two of them maybe they kiss 
maybe yeah maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a rom-com <laughs> we could write that but I thought it was a cute case of the week it it was a better one than other ones I think yeah I uh, did also like that there was more Jake Kane in this episode and he was sort of like the scholarship arbiter arbiter I don't know why I, that was the word that came to my mind but they made him so unlikable and so now I'm just really hoping he killed Lily so that he can go to jail oh <laughs> He goes, this, uh, something, something, the scholarship that goes to him or her. It's a yeah, thought. And I was like, well, obviously they're making this man unlikable because I'm angry now. Mm-hmm. And so I like hope he did it. Bad force jokes being like, we already have to send one of our top performing juniors the next year. Ew, Who knows? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Cringe. Uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, we, we had some, we already sort of talked about the... Kane, um, Abel Kuntz, sorry, Abel Kuntz's daughter. Um, but at the very end, the sort of tag that we get when Weedman finds Amelia uh, and like finishes the settlement and leaves, we also get some more evidence. Keith decides to share finally with Veronica stuff that he's been looking at since Lily Kane's death. So we get that flashback where he's at the Kane house directly after the murder. And we find out that uh, Jake and Celeste were doing a load of laundry, despite the fact that they have two full-time housekeepers. And in the laundry, the only thing that was running was a soccer uniform in the dryer, which was Duncan's. So that was like a strong suggestion to Veronica that Duncan killed Lily. And they were watching Duncan's uniform to kill the blood. At least that's what she kind of goes after in the next episode. Right. Yeah. This was like sowing the seeds and the next episode she like confronts him. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was weird that this was like the first time. I mean, they talk about Duncan's like epilepsy or whatever, but this is the first mm-hmm. time we're trying to like know that Duncan goes into rages, which I thought was mm-hmm. a little out of left field. And I think if he had actually killed Lily, which maybe he did, I still don't know. But if he was the killer, I feel like we would have heard that earlier it feels like a very like last minute misdirect like oh duncan goes into blind ridges like so now we're gonna say it we're gonna make you guys think it was him for one episode or two episodes so i don't know i'm feeling like it's a misdirect this is my just vocalizing my predictions as i go Mm -hmm. but yeah i I mean obviously it was very damning like he had had his hands around jake's neck or who said that logan said that logan said that yeah like saw him like strangling his dad oh awesome Actually, that was an important piece of info, not just for sort of pinning it on Duncan, but he's Logan says that he encountered that the week that Veronica and Duncan broke up. Mm-hmm. So my thought then was, or what we're probably supposed to think is possibly Jake told Duncan to stop seeing Veronica because they might be siblings, because we've been led to believe that Duncan knows that and that that's why they broke up. And so maybe he got so mad about that, that he strangled his dad. And the only thing that I was like, maybe not, is that Logan didn't say if it was before or after he broke up with Veronica. Mm. So I think it's like purposely ambiguous in that way. Mm. Cause like, did he learn it? And then he got mad and then he broke up with Veronica or did he just break up with Veronica? And then he was like on a short fuse and like got mad at his dad for some other reason. Good detective work. Thank I will. You. I want to just remind, because it's been a long time since we watched this, in the first two episodes, three episodes, we do get some drops that uh, Duncan is a little unstable in that he's taking 
medicine that it is, I mean, yes, they, she's taking antidepressants, but he's also taking medicine that has made him damper his emotions. And when he gets off it for the first time, at one point he like bellows, like yells and runs off the bleachers onto that little, like, do you remember the, there was like a little pad. I'm really not explaining this. Well. I don't remember this. There's a little pad uh, with, I think it was a football related pad at the end of the bleachers and Duncan sees it and like sprints and jumps over the bleachers and falls on the pad, but winds up hitting his head on the ground. Like he goes Mm. too far. Oh yeah. I do remember that. There was like, there were some things like that, that like, obviously that's not a rage, but it was sort of like a burst of just sort of like random, uh, chaotic emotion feeling on Duncan's part they like sprinkle that in a little bit in the beginning and then we don't really see a ton of from him in the middle episodes and now we're coming back so totally understand the like feeling like it's out of left field I don't think they did a great job at sort of like weaving that in throughout the entire thing but they did try to sprinkle I respect that and I had forgotten that so it was a good reminder okay Otherwise, I think that's it. I think this is like a short two other thoughts. Oh, never mind. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I always have some random thoughts. These aren't really important. Yeah. Number one, since I always have something to say about Veronica's hair, I have to comment on the bangs. Suddenly we have bangs. Oh, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> I'm not hating them. I think they look pretty good. I don't like them when they're swept to the side. But when they're straight Although, down. To be fair, that was the era of side bangs. But the straight down bangs, I don't know. I think Kristen Bell might... She should maybe go back to those. They look pretty good. Number two. Did you notice? Probably not because, okay, so backstory. When I was in like seventh grade, so like 2007, mm-hmm. I watched a movie called The Number 23. It's like mm-hmm. a Jim Carrey movie, but it's like not a comedy. It's like a, it's a horror movie, I think would be the best way to describe it. So I'm assuming you didn't see it. Unless you forced me to in your house, which I think we weren't quite friends enough at that point that you would have like sat me down and made me watch a horror movie. Yeah, I watched (laughs) it with my camp friends. I actually remember that because then for the next rest of the summer, every time we saw the number 23, we like freaked out. I do remember this about you and the number 23. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) funny. Yeah, I feel like for a couple of years, it was like a thing. But I have never been able to stop noticing it. Like if I see the number, I, see, I always notice it. And I'd like to think it wasn't just from that movie, but I guess it was because what else would it have been from? But the, the, I think the thing is, it's not just the movie. It's in the movie. They talk about how that number is everywhere. And it's like this conspiracy theory sort of thing. But it all pulls back or draws back to references in our actual lives that actually are real. Like, oh, if you like add up this number and this number from this important date, they're all 23. And like all these famous people died at 23. And like, obviously, if you're looking for, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. If you're looking for that kind of stuff, you'll find <laughs> it. So yeah, just, just so everyone knows. Anyway, in this episode, 23 Emperor Court is Sabrina's address. They say it when like the partiers show up and they have the flyer that says like, this is where the party is. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after that scene, we go to Amelia's hotel room and it's number 23. And I was like, this can't just be me, right? Like they have to be, I'm sorry. They have to be doing this on purpose. Other people must know this about this number. Why would they do it too? And like back to back. 
or at the very least, I know that I know that like set designers and people who write have thing. I mean, right now I'm thinking about like comedy writers. They have certain numbers that are like funny numbers and certain numbers that are serious numbers. And I, I mean, yes, maybe someone knows about this movie, the 23 thing, but also it's possible that 23 just feels like a, a good number to use for houses for things. I w- it would not surprise me if that was the case and they just accidentally used it for two. I do sound like a conspiracy theorist. Maybe <laughs> I am a conspiracy theorist. That's uh, it. That's okay. My only other thought was I wouldn't say that I loved the fake flashbacks of Lily dying over and over because mm-hmm. seeing people like hit their heads and then die is not my favorite thing. Yeah, the you're, you're talking about how they keep reimagining who could have done it. And so it's like... Yeah, and she dies in person. each one. And I was like, can yeah. we just not? And it's like, there's the sound and the blood and the, ugh, yeah. this, I'm so bad with stuff like that. I just don't like that. Yeah. Well, on that note, I have a few small pieces of trivia. Um, Amelia is seen watching the film Clash of the Titans, which we've discussed before. Guest, or it stars the regular guest, Harry Hamlin, who is Aaron Eccles. There's like been, there's been another time where someone was watching oh, Clash of the Titans. Just a little bit of a... Oh, Clash of the Tritons. That was the other episode that like paid homage to that movie. And I just think it's funny that they put like little Easter eggs of other of actors, other projects. in. Um, you already mentioned that this episode marks the introduction of Vinny Van Lowe, played by Ken Marino, which I had forgotten was his introduction. But he does appear in quite a few episodes sprinkled in. So he'll be back. We like him. Um Vinny mentions the band Hall and Oates, Daryl Hall and John Oates, but he mixes them up when he says it. He says John Hall and Daryl Oates. Uh, I think to indicate that he's like not quite as smart as he thinks he is, but I don't know that many people would have caught that. <laughs> like, I didn't catch that. My brain just heard, oh, Hall and Oates. I've heard of them. I think we're the, too far removed. What I want. Yeah. It's hard to handle. Yeah, yeah you that's, all, it. that's all I got. I didn't say most of those words. <laughs> I think we're okay with copyright then. And like you mentioned, another fun fact about Camerino is that he's also appeared in Party Down, iZombie, Deadbeat. I don't, I well, hadn't heard of Deadbeat, but it's another Rob Thomas production. Wait, who, what was he in iZombie? I don't know. Probably one, one little character. I hate when you do this to me and then you don't know what, because you've never <laughs> seen iZombie. I'm like still picturing... Like there's the guy who's the, is he a lawyer in Veronica Mars? Who's definitely an iZombie that I recognized. Yes, yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, who is that guy? And then I was like, oh, it's because of iZombie. But okay. Yeah, he's yeah I like vaguely now remember who he was in iZombie. Man, I want to rewatch the iZombie. Maybe we can, no, we can't, <laughs> we shouldn't do that. It's another like case of the week. I'm not sure that those work so well for this, but that's okay. You should watch it. It's a okay. good. I will, I will. I, I do like his other productions so rob thomas i'm talking about um i think that might be it i think that was the main goof that i mentioned was just that the which wasn't a goof i think it was on purpose for vinnie van Lowe to mix up those names but um why is it called cain and abel's it's a great question i didn't understand Cain's. that it's called oh, cain's and, and abel's and abel's so cain's as in like oh, the case yeah mm-hmm and Abel's with an apostrophe S potentially as like his daughter. Oh, I don't. That's weird. Yeah. Not sure that that hmm. makes a lot of sense, but that's okay. All right. That about wraps up this episode. Meet us in about a week 
for the next episode where a lot of stuff happens. Uh, I'm very excited to talk about it. See you then. Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take Podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 